Welcome to the Lighting Your Way podcast. This season, our sixth, we're talking to my colleagues at Guardian Nurses about how they help our patients navigate a very complex and confusing healthcare maze. At the end of each episode, you'll hear their suggestion as to how you can become an advocate for yourself and your loved ones. Finding a good primary care provider is a little like finding the golden ticket. That's my shout out for the new Willy Wonka movie. Primary care is the most important part of your lifelong healthcare experience. Typically, patients with a primary care provider have better management of chronic diseases, lower overall care costs, and a higher level of satisfaction with that care. But not always. As we come to our final episode of Season 6, I speak with Bianca Pollard, one of our mobile care coordinator nurses. Bianca shares a story about her patient and their recent visit to the patient's primary care provider. And I'd like to think that even Willy Wonka could have done a better job. Welcome back to the podcast, Bianca Pollard. It's good to have you back for your uh, encore appearance. Thank you, Betty. It's nice to be back. I appreciate you having me. Yes, it, and I hope that you are less anxious about this uh, this guest appearance than you were with your first. I know you did a great job in that first one, so thank you for coming back. Of course, the nervous students are out. <laughs> so, um, Bianca, we um, this season we are we are highlighting the work of our nurses and highlighting some of the stories that I tend to hear uh, in conversation and also on our flow calls every day. So you had a particularly uh, poignant and compelling story, I thought, that I wanted you to share with our listeners. So why don't you uh, tee up that story for us? Yeah, of course, I would love to. Um, so I had a member who I outreached to back in early summer of 2023. She was initially in for a pre-cert, so I outreached to her um, and got to know her a little bit. She did invite me on an accompaniment with her to her primary care doctor. Um, kind of knowing her health history, I knew what was what this appointment was going to be like. We um, wanted to talk about her diabetes medication in particular. Mm -hmm. She struggled getting it from her insurance company, and I just had to know why. Why, why is she, she not able? She struggled to get her diabetic medication? Yeah. So since last fall, before I met her, she was not on any diabetic medication because the insurance company was denying it. Do, do, did she know why they were denying it? She did not. She just said she could not get her medication. She's called her primary care doctor multiple times. And all he kept saying was, I will put it through again and you'll have your medication. And what medication are we talking about? Was it oral medication? It was Rebelsis. Okay. Okay. And had she, was she on anything else at that point? Like, was she? No. So prior to a year ago, she was on metformin okay. and her doctor suddenly took her off of it and ordered Rebelsis. So since last fall of 2022, she has not gotten this medication. She initially had it, actually. I take this back. She initially was 
okay on Rebelsa. She got her medication a couple times and then it stopped. The insurance company stopped approving it. She had no idea why. The doctor kept saying, I'll put it in. I'll put it in. I'll put it in. I'll have uh-huh. our, our front desk take care of it. Okay. So she okay. trusted her medical team. But this is months. Okay. So I'm sorry. I interrupt. So go ahead. So back to you. <laughs> so um, she invited me to this accompaniment. I knew she had a couple health issues going on, diabetes being included, elevated cholesterol. So we went to her first accompaniment with her, and the doctor kind of gave me the same feel that he gave her. I'll put the medication through. No worries. Um, It will be handled by our front desk. I apologize for this. So first accompaniment, sure, I had to trust in our medical profession that he was doing the right thing and he was going to put it through. Okay. So first appointment was done. The week later, I said, do you have your medication? She said, no. I called over to her um, benefit plan and they shared that Rebelsis is a tier three medication. And without being on tier one and tier two, they would know they would not approve a tier three medication, diabetic medication. Oh. Oh. So that was the issue all along. They said they notified the provider and nothing was done to be, make it changed. Wow. And she wasn't on anything else. That's what nothing. I'm kind of yeah. floored by. I know. So nothing. how was her uh, A1C, which is a, the test that's typically used to assess someone's control, I guess, of their diabetes. Well, how was that? It was 6.7. So, you know, she was, she was not overly high. Um, you know, something that a uh, tier one medication could absolutely help with. Yeah. Um, so fast forward, we went to another accompaniment with her and I shared this information with him. I said, listen, the insurance company will not approve a tier three medication for this patient. I need you to put in a tier one medication such as metformin. Um, And he said he needs one more try. And I said, this is, you know, kind of unacceptable at this point. She has not had any medication in over a year. And, you know, he was beginning to share how frustrated he felt with her um, that she was obese and that he was not doing anything to help her health and that he was very frustrated and feeling like a failure. <laughs> so the visit all became all about him and how he felt. Mm-hmm. Ah, so, and yeah. wow. Uh, but yet did not offer any solution to not putting the rebelsis in. Yeah. He offered nothing. He said it. He would do one more attempt, and if that didn't work, he would put the metformin in. But, so, as that, uh, you know, who was it that said, uh, was it Einstein, that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? Exactly. Right? How many times had he had his officer, he tried to put it through that it wasn't being approved because you understood it needed to be on uh, in an adjunct role? with the other meds. Exactly. It was true insanity. Um, I shared with him that we need to meet the patient where she's at uh, because of her culture. She is used to eating a carb heavy meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
Um, mm -hmm. Financial situations also come into play when it comes to dietary changes. Mm -hmm. um, and he wanted nothing to do with hearing about anything like this. He kept saying she was failing her health, she was failing him, and she was obese as well as her family that he was also caring for. Wow. So, oh, my God. I can't imagine your uh, response to that. I, I mean, I'm sure in the inside you were ready to uh, respond differently than you did on the outside. Exactly. It was very hard to keep composure <laughs> and, you know, um, not say a few words that I wanted to say to him. Yeah. What was the, what was the patient uh, doing while you were having this conversation with this physician, her physician? She was just sitting there in complete shock that this happening. And she began to get teary eyed. You just felt oh. how sad she was on the inside that this man was insulting her time after time and has continued to do so because of her financial hardships, because of her culture. He, She's told him multiple times, I was raised to eat spaghetti or plantains for breakfast. We had rice and beans for lunch, rice and beans for dinner. I work 16-hour days as a nursing assistant. I work very hard, and I've made multiple changes to my diet, but sometimes economically, it's not, you know, it's just not possible to eat lean proteins and vegetables and low glycemic index fruits. Yeah, I mean, especially if she's working 16-hour uh, days, and uh, is she working in a nursing facility? She is. She works in a nursing home, 16-hour um, days, and she provides for her family here, and she also sends money to her um, her country, Haiti, back at home. Well, and, uh, you know, we, we all know a nursing facility uh, doesn't have exactly like cafeteria. It doesn't have kitchens. Uh, if you do get a break, it's probably something that you've brought in from home, which in her case was high carbs, right? Exactly. Um, and so, but still with her A1C being around six or seven, that's still doing pretty well without medication. Exactly. And she, you know, I've been working with her for a couple months now and she has made many changes. You know, she's cut down the portion sizes of her carbs. Mm -hmm. She has been able to incorporate, um, some healthier options. So it definitely shows in her A1C. Right. Right. Um, and the, the physician, so what was the, what was the outcome? I mean, I, I to be so, um, I'll, I'll say arrogant to, to sit there and tell her that she was obese. Was he using the term obese or was he using a different word? He was using obese with a flipping hand motion under his chin to saying she's obese and she's failing herself and failing him. Wow, I, I I can't believe he said failing him, as though he. Jeez, <laughs> you know, Bianca, I say this all the time. You can't make this stuff up. Really, no, you can't. And I wouldn't believe it if I wasn't there. If I was not there, I would definitely not believe it. I have not experienced any healthcare professions professionals acting like this. Did, did he even acknowledge her like in the conversation or did he look at her or was he just directing his comments to you? 
just directing it to me. He wanted nothing to do with her. Oh my God. Wow. Oh, that no wonder she was tearful. Right. right? So how long has she been seeing this physician? Four years. Oof. Wow. And finally that day I put an end to it. I said, you know, it's time for us <laughs> to go. We stood up <laughs> and I said, please put the medication in. And we walked out. And then I told her, we are never to go back there again. I will find you <laughs> another doctor who will listen to you, who will care for you exactly as I'm doing right now. Wow. Yikes. And what was her response to you? She was thrilled. She didn't understand um, that multiple doctors will take her insurance. Oh, so she felt like she was not forced, but kind of relegated to just that physician. Yeah, she felt like she was stuck there with this man for four years. She knew this was wrong, how she was being treated. But she just felt like she needed to do something for her health, so she stuck it out. Wow, I can't imagine what he was doing for her. She sounds like she was doing it on her own. Yeah, yeah, I think she really was. Did did he order it? Mean, was she on other medications for the other issues that she had? Yeah. Yeah, she was on um, Lipitor, okay. she has had cholesterol, she has cardiac issues as well. But okay. since um, working with her, I have gotten her to a cardiologist who will, who will manage that. Okay. Um, she has been going to a GI doctor, a podiatrist, okay. as well as a gynecologist. Wonderful. That's wonderful. And it sounds, you know, and maybe at some point she does need an endocrinologist, but at this point it sounds like she first needs a captain of the ship, which is the primary care doctor. Exactly. Um, and she doesn't live in an area that there is a shortage of doctors. I mean, I know there are some shortages in some areas. We call them deserts, right? Healthcare deserts. Yeah. But what is this where she lives, a healthcare desert? Yeah. I mean, she lives right outside of New York City. Um, I was able to get her an appointment within a couple of weeks. So not long in today's, okay. in today's time as okay. a new patient for a family doctor. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> These right. days. I know. Yeah, it's almost I know. A, a minor miracle. I know. I've had some members wait months, but yeah, she lives okay. in a great area. Okay. So, so um, how far out are we from this visit? It a couple weeks? January 3rd. So we are coming up on a three weeks. Okay. Okay. So we are soon to see the new doctor. Yeah. We are very excited to meet him. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. And I bet you she is, too. And what a what a wonderful thing it will be if she actually finds a practitioner who listens to her. Right. It's a simple, Which, it's a simple thing, right? Oh, gosh. I mean, how many times have we said that in our in our um, meetings at, at Guardian Nurses that sometimes, you know, you don't need to meet the you know what they say. Right. The joke is, what do they call the guy who graduates last in medical school? Doctor. <laughs> that was a good one, Benny. I didn't know where you were going with that one. <laughs> so, you know, God for, she finally meets a physician who uh, actually listens to her and cares about her and, and helps her and partners with her to get her to a better place. And maybe she would be more engaged, even though she sounds like she's pretty engaged with you, but more engaged in, in her treatment where she could maybe lose weight. Right. And come off the meds. That's the, the goal. It's not to stay on the meds. It's to really get yourself back to, you know, your, your fighting weight, you know, where you can, where you don't have to be relying on meds. 
Exactly. Oh. And I, I know she can do it. I mean, it's just like, it's going to take time, but I definitely know she can do it. And I just hope that this, this is the one for her, someone who just genuinely cares about her. You know, I, I heard a comment uh, from one of uh, one of our not clients, but just a, in passing, I was talking to someone who said uh, that uh, when we when I presented our services, uh, one of the remarks from the employer side of the table was that he didn't think you should have to hold employees by the hand to make to help them get through the healthcare system. And I would love for him to hear this story because while this woman was uh, trying to do the right thing, she was not getting the care or treatment that she needed. And uh, it wasn't until your engagement with her that she was able to, to uh, kind of take a stance and be proactive about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I hope this gives her the confidence going forward to, even if I'm not there at times, I hope she has the confidence to, you know, stand up for herself on her own. Well, I also think in, in instances like this, you know, this is four years of seeing a physician where she thought she was kind of stuck because of insurance. Not only have you modeled behavior for her that may, uh, you know, maybe she could even mimic you, right? Like, okay, I don't necessarily have the confidence yet, but Bianca said this and I can say that, right? So at least there's a, a baby steps for her to model behavior that she saw you engage with the physician and, and speak up to the physician, right? Professionally, you know, it's not like you were berating him like he was berating her. You were having, you were trying to kind of get her what she needed, which was uh, different medications so that her insurance company would pay for it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So, so in, in, in encouraging patients and in modeling behavior, when we're at physician accompaniments, I think that's helpful for folks to see, right? Because a lot of patients and particularly women, right? Particularly uh, this woman is a nurse's aide. She's used to taking care of other people. She's not in a powerful role, right? She's in an aide. So I, I think patients take on this passive role when they get into a physician's office or, uh, you know, an exam room that it does not serve them well long-term. I think you're completely right. I think it, um, you know, I've seen it many times and I've been that patient myself going in that passive role, but I think the courage to, you know, speak up and don't hesitate to speak on your own behalf and just kind of educate yourself a little bit more or cling on to that person to help you, I think is the best thing you can do for your health. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And and you have to, to your point, right, you have to be an active participant in any relationship. And if that relationship is between your physician or nurse practitioner and you, you need to step up to the plate and meet them 50-50, right? Because that's only going to, ma- I mean, providers want usually, not like this guy, providers usually want to have patients who are engaged, who are actively listening to them and, and doing what they suggest, right? Because then to his point, it does make you feel better that you're helping someone. Exactly. But that's, you know, you don't put it on the patient if they're not able to uh, work with you. You try to find out why they're not working with you, right? Yeah. And in this yeah. case, 
<laughs> wow. Um, so, Bianca, we the, one of the, you know, the $64,000 question in any of these podcasts is given the story, given what you know, what you've seen over the last couple of years being at Guardian Nurses, what would you say to the patient, uh, whether it's male or female, who feels disempowered in a, in a physician, you know, they're not quite loving their physician. They don't quite feel like he or she is listening. What would you suggest to them if they didn't have Bianca Pollard by their side to speak for them? So I think leaning on someone who's close to you, um, who can, you know, help advocate for you. If you're not strong enough, to do it yourself, I think there's always power numbers. I think finding a friend, a coworker, a family member to come to these appointments with you and just be that voice for you, take notes, ask questions, speak up when necessary. I think it's super important to have someone by your side. Yeah. And just yeah. never hesitate to speak up. Yeah, and and what I would add to that besides never hesitating to speak up is I guess two things. One is you deserve to be treated with respect and to be listened to. And if you don't feel like you are, get another doctor or get another nurse practitioner, get another provider. Right. And at least in the instance of primary care physicians who are often, um, uh, you know, hard to find or hard to get into, just keep trying because there's somebody out there that you're going to connect with. And don't just stick with the uh, the physician. I'm sorry, I keep saying physician, but stick with the provider who's not listening to you. Exactly. I think that's and, a really good point. And second, besides knowing that, you know, you deserve to be cared for and, and be treated with respect, is that you are allowed to question a physician. It, it's, it's, not a ver it's not intended to be a passive relationship. So don't let a provider, um, I guess, shut you up or dismiss you or try to walk out the door. Because I've seen that when they kind of back up and they're walking out the door and you're like, wait, I have a couple questions. Uh, so that's what I would add too, because I think this is an important story um, for a lot of patients who don't have guardian nurses to go with them to their doctor's appointments. Um, but you can, you know, you can still stick up for yourself. You can still advocate for yourself. And that's really what this whole season has been about is how, how can we help patients and loved ones understand what it what it, that it's okay to go in um, into the healthcare system and and be an advocate for yourself because you have to be. Today's healthcare system is not for the faint of heart. It sure is not. You are right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Bianca, <laughs> thank you for um, thank you for for closing out the season with us. I think, as I said, I think this is an important story for a lot of folks, and I appreciate that you have uh, put the time in to get your patient to a better place. And perhaps in season seven, you can come back on and tell us how that 
new physician is treating her. Oh, I would love to. I would love to. I can't wait to tell a feel-good story um, in the next season. (laughs) Yeah, great. Okay. Thank you very much, Bianca. Appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Well, that wraps it up for season six. I want to thank this season's guests for sharing their stories and their suggestions. And thanks to you for listening to the Lighting Your Way podcast. We hope that these stories taught you some lessons about being your own or your loved one's advocate when dealing with our healthcare system, as well as understanding just how amazing my colleagues are here at Guardian Nurses. We'll be back for season seven after the winter holidays. Until then, remember to be grateful for the little things in your life and make sure you spend some time with the people you most love in the world. Take care.